whole lot going on in the sporting world. Did you set up your Maypole this year? Oh, man. Man, it's, yeah, the Maypole. Remember the old Maypole? I do. With ribbons, huh? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and that strings, I think, ribbons with that regard. But May Day, uh, <laughs> May Day, Tom Malone. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that... Um, High school baseball, uh, we're going to lead off with that today. Uh, a lot of our area teams, uh, three to be sure, uh, in the high school playoffs. Of course, uh, Catholic High journeyed up to Baton Rouge last Thursday and Friday night. Uh, one of the best baseball games I've had the privilege to call in a 2-1 to one game, even though the Panthers lost. Uh, both teams had opportunities to end it in regular innings, uh, the seven innings with high school baseball goes. And both teams had runners thrown out at the plate uh, from the outfield. Uh, just a great game. Uh, uh, Panthers uh, end up losing in nine innings, uh, two to one. And they come back Friday night, uh, and just uh, Parkview Baptist uh, just did a better job of moving runners and uh, getting base hits. Uh, uh, Catholic High uh, just got behind early. It was 5 nothing uh, after, I believe, uh, four innings, and pretty much uh, – the pitching for uh, Parkfield Baptist did in the Panthers uh, six to one, and uh, Panthers uh, had six seniors on that team. I acknowledged uh, after the game uh, playing their last game for Catholic High, probably their last uh, uh, roles in uh, in sporting and athletic events for Catholic High. But in the meantime, uh, uh, the Panthers, uh, as always, David Jordan has his teams playing up. Uh, beginning of the year, ended up 12-18, and 18, uh, played 5-8 uh, teams, 4-8 teams, a lot of 3-8 teams. So uh, hats off to them and uh, look forward to uh, doing games for them next year. Have a lot of young players that uh, started this year, a freshman, uh, a couple sophomores, a few and a few juniors. So uh, things looking bright for them. Both their pitchers are coming back. So uh, that's a good thing. Meanwhile, Jeff, uh, over in Lorville uh, Friday night and uh, Saturday afternoon, the Tigers – uh, showed up and uh, shut out uh, Gina, the gents, I do believe, uh, Friday night by a score of eight to nothing. Now, what, what do the girls' teams call themselves? Uh, good question. Can't be lady gents, can it? I bet you it is because I think Crowley calls their girls the same thing. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, anyway, I get, Anyway, uh, it's a different time today in this world. But Lorville, Jeff, uh, I know you uh, did the. Uh, did you uh, able to get I, in the I, second game? Yeah, I was a little worried about the rain. Okay, and so uh, we we passed on that. Okay, uh, and there's a couple other things. All right, uh, but, uh, but yeah, they smoked them back to back games, eight to nothing on Friday, and then came back as the quote unquote visiting team uh, and won by nine, thirteen to four. So. Uh, they didn't have to play that second game. Not sure if they were delayed by rain at all, uh, but uh, they definitely got in that game, and that's all they needed. Yep, that's right. And, uh, of course, their season, it moves on as they will head to South Beauregard, uh, and that's going to be Friday. They're going to have a 6 o'clock game against South Beauregard, who is a number two seed in uh, non-select uh, Division three, And uh, it's the best two out of three again. Uh, win or lose, they'll play Saturday at around noon. Uh, and I want to—I'm trying to think. South Borgard is uh, the parish above uh, uh, Calcasieu. I want to say. Uh, I believe uh, so. Right up in there, it's uh, long, uh, contiguous along the river there, the Sabine, and uh, right above uh, Calcasieu Parish. So, and I'm trying to remember—you know—they started changing those names of those schools back in the day. I think South Borgard is a combination of Singer High School and some other little high schools. They merged 
to form a little bigger school up in that area. But in the meantime, uh, Saturday uh, at noon, they'll take on the uh, Beauregard team. And uh, and if they'd won uh, Friday night and if they win again at noon Saturday, they move on. In the meantime, uh, if they split those first two games – uh, or if they lose those first two games, they come home. But if they split them, they'll play again a doubleheader at 2.30 Saturday afternoon. That's uh, May 6th as the uh, Lowerville Tigers and Rob Segura's 11 or 9 look to advance into the semifinals of the state tournament. So uh, uh, a couple wins there out of three. Uh, they head to uh, Sulphur. Yeah, and um, they could probably stay in Beauregard for a week and just dip down to a, No, I doubt they would do that. You know, I, I was asked the question Friday because there were, apparently in the community was some confusion. Catholic High was listed as the home team, even though they were playing at uh, Parkview Baptist. And the only expl- good explanation I have for that is the doubleheader aspect. Yes, and also with that, because of the best two out of three, the visiting the team that's visiting in the second game of the best two out of three, the visiting team is always designated as the home team. And for the third and final game, they flip a coin uh, to see who's going to be the home team and bat last in that regard. I so, uh, didn't know that because it does show uh, on the bracket uh, the suggestion that uh, the, the home team is the higher-ranked team in just about every bracket I'm looking at. But anyway, um, the point, though, it was sort of, well, Catholic High, they played three separate days. Why not play the middle game in New Iberia? But but the reason they probably don't, because often it is a Friday, then Saturday doubleheader, and you're not going to obviously uh, travel on yeah, those, right. you know, between those games. So I guess that's why they do it uh, the way they do it. Anyway, with that, so the Tigers, uh, 8-0, 13-4 to over Gina, and they move on. Don't have any information about South Beauregard, but they are the number two seed in non-select Division Three. They, they played two tight games, beat Manny, the 15 seed, 3-1, uh, to one, both on uh, the 28th and 29th. Or no, they played a doubleheader the 28th, so they knew um, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so uh, interesting, though, uh, that they play a doubleheader on the uh, Friday. Wow. Anyway, I guess, again, travel. Yeah, Manny, an uh, how far is Manny from South Borgard? I don't know. South Borgard's got it. I mean, the name itself leads you to believe it's uh, south of the in parish. But I'm pretty sure it's a merger of two of the three small schools up in that area, Elizabeth, uh, Singer. There's some of those. It's in uh, Longville. Longville is at the home of uh, South Borgard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I've done a basketball game up there years ago uh, when Catholic High played uh, South Borgard, uh, and they had pretty good basketball teams back in that day, the uh, the ladies of South Borgard. But in the meantime... Uh, so straight north of Moss Bluff. Okay, so that's right outside of uh, Calcasieu Parish. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, you probably have to go up 171 for a little ways to get to that community. Exactly. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, and something we have admitted, uh, faux pas, mea culpa, the Lauraville Panthers, they played Delcom. Uh, the Delcom, uh, played uh, uh, recently uh, uh, against uh, uh, Eastboro Garden. I'm not sure where that is. That must be somewhere uh, contiguous to the parish uh, east of them. I can't think of what that is. Of all's, no, that's a little too far 
uh, uh, East. But anyway, the Delcom Panthers, they come up with a big 3-2 to two win in eight innings as uh, they will move on in the non-select uh, division. I believe they're in the Division Four, And uh, they won a big eight-inning game, uh, one extra inning. And uh, they won that one by the score of 3-2. to two. And they're going to travel up to Logansport uh, this coming Friday at a 6 p.m. contest. And if the Delcom uh, Panthers win that game, they head to Sulphur uh, the following week and play in the semifinals uh, in, uh, for a state championship. So uh, hats off to the Delcom Panthers and their team uh, in that regard. So uh, I think Coach Bouton uh, leading his team uh, in that regard to uh, possibly a state semifinal game. So uh, good luck to the Panthers as they take on uh, – uh, Logansport, not familiar. Of course, that team's up in uh, North Louisiana. I think up, not quite uh, uh, below Monroe, somewhere up in that area, uh, where they'll be playing the uh, Panthers. And uh, as I mentioned, good luck to them uh, and their conquest towards a state championship. So, two of our local teams in our broadcast area, the Lorville Tigers and the Delcom Panthers, uh, have opportunities to head to Sulphur for the uh, state tournament. And uh, pretty interesting. Of course, Delcom, I think, like Lorville, is a seven seed uh, in their respective divisions and play a two seed in their respective divisions. So uh, both teams, uh, Lorville's got to win uh, two out of three, while Delcom's just got to win that initial game, and they move on to Sulphur. So uh, best of luck to them, Jeff. Uh, we'll see how that's all going to turn about here in the coming uh, this coming week. Of course, now that's uh, just north of Toledo Bend. Logansport. Yeah, it's somewhere up there around Faraday, I do believe, uh, up in that uh, neck of the woods. And there, there was also... Oh, a, very close to the state line of Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's true. I'm thinking of uh, uh, the, the other school that's up in that uh, part of the country near Faraday. Uh, I know Lowerville, I think, played them recently in football. Uh, but Logansport's up in the northwest corner of the state then. Okay, about well, Toledo just, Bend. Just north of Toledo Bend. Okay, so uh, 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 north? The northern point. Of, of uh, Manny, up there a little north of Manny? Uh, it's well north of Manny. Manny's okay. sort of in the middle of Toledo Bend, or at least on a, a latitude. Okay. Uh, all right. But uh, a little bit further north. Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, so uh, hats off to our two local teams. Uh, best of luck to them. Uh, and uh, this coming Friday, uh, Lowerville's got to win two out of three. Uh, Delcom's just got to win one game uh, up in Logansport, uh, while the Tigers of Lowerville have to beat uh, South Beauregard. Anyway, another high school news, too. Uh, who would have thunk it? Uh, Westgate wins the regional track meet up in, uh, I think, in Cecilia last uh, week. And um, uh, one of our local uh, young men, uh, Kayshawn Booty's younger brother, I think, Malik, uh, won the 100, won the 200 meters, won the 400 meters. And he, uh, I think, officially signed with the Raging Cajuns in track. So, uh, he and another teammate. Yeah, hats off to them uh, for a nice, uh, uh, I guess, parlayed into a, a scholarship uh, over in Lafayette at UofL for uh, the next four years running track. So hats off to him. While older brother, of course, uh, we're going to have on at the uh, 7.45 hour, Bob Rose to talk about the Saints draft and his perspective into that uh, with uh, that regard. So we'll see. In the meantime, uh, Keyshawn Booty, uh, picked by the Patriots and Bill Belichick in the sixth round of the uh, draft. So uh, 
uh, hats off to him. Hopefully uh, he can get himself back in shape. Uh, I know he had some poor times at the combine after running really well uh, in the course of the year. So, uh, Keyshawn, uh, hopefully uh, be up there with the Patriots, six-round draft choice. Uh, look for him to uh, uh, continue his uh, opportunity uh, at the next level. You know, hopefully, obviously, the, this is a motivating thing for him because he knows uh, he was thought to be a better uh, in, in a better spot than that uh, prior to last season. But uh, you can take solace again in reminiscing about another six-round pick by the New England Patriots. And oh, yes. that went pretty well. <laughs> hung around for, what, 21, 22 yeah. years? Anyway, Keyshawn uh, just had a great freshman year at LSU, uh, just hauling in passes, running up Everybody yards. had uh, a great 2019, though. Yeah. I mean. Anyway, in the meantime, too, uh, he's, um, you know, uh, had an ankle injury and kept him out a few games and. uh Took the R of uh, Coach Kelly last spring uh, when he wasn't at uh, practice during the spring, even though he was uh, out with an injury. Uh, Coach Kelly said, you need to come to practice, and we'll have you do things, odds and ends. And uh, and he uh, – I don't know if he barked be at a it. a teammate. But, yeah. And uh, he ended up showing up and uh, just uh, hopefully um, he can right the ship too uh, with that. Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, just so much talent uh, – that he has that uh, you it's God not God given in that regard and he uh, just a fine player hopefully uh, coach Belichick and his staff can get Keyshawn back on the right way again and uh, hopefully he'll see uh, uh, the opportunity to make a bunch of money too uh, if he can hang around for 8 10 12 years in the NFL as a wide receiver so uh, we'll see what transpires with him over the next uh, I guess uh, through August when uh, the, when they report for fall drills and all. Uh, so, uh, Keyshawn Booty, yeah. I, I hope locals can root for the Patriots. Yes. You know, you oh, know, because there's yeah. such an anti-Patriot thing. I know we've got a couple of people in town who are big Patriot fans. Uh, you saw one of them pitch over the weekend. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a situation where, uh, you know, it was so easy to root for Cincinnati. You didn't – there's no – Nothing you you hated about Cincinnati going in, but so many people have a resentment for New England. Hopefully, this uh, doesn't uh, you know put any kind of cloud over uh, Kayshawn playing over there. Yeah, true. And just a, a reminder: I just uh, East Beauregard's in DeRitter, so uh, that's where East Beauregard okay. is uh, in DeRitter. And I still think there's a Doretta High School. I don't think that was a merger. I'm pretty sure uh, East Beauregard was a merger of some of those smaller schools out in the eastern part of the parish, and uh, meaning Singer and uh, some other little schools out in that area. In the meantime, uh, Jeff, I uh, just want to get this in in our first segment uh, and talk about uh, the NBA and maybe uh, in the next segment. We'll talk about the Saints draft in the quarter hour with uh, Bob Rose as coming on uh, at that time. In the meantime, who would have thunk it but the National Hockey League, uh, the President's Cup winners and all, 65 games. They won out of 82 during the year, along with uh, setting the points record and everything. And they go down in seven games <laughs> to the, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, the Lightning? No, the Panthers, huh? Yeah. Uh, the Panthers. Uh, Florida Panthers, yeah, uh, be- just outside of Miami. Uh, who would have thunk it, too? And, uh, uh, of course, I, I think historically uh, a lot of times when the uh, 
the number one seed in the playoffs uh, with the most wins and all goes down in flames. And that holds true to this day. And uh, some of the commentary I caught this morning on uh, on the sports channels was that uh, they just didn't get it done. Had a three to one lead too at one point. And as the Panthers come storming back to take them and hadn't lost three games during the season all year and uh, come back uh, to lose the uh, <laughs> the champion, I should say, the seventh uh, game in Boston by a score, uh, I think it was 4-3 to three in overtime, I do believe. It was um, two uh, overtime uh, series uh, finishers, uh, although Toronto did it in six games. But Saturday they won in overtime to uh, win their first playoff series in 19 years. So maybe some weirdness uh, to go on in the second round. One series remains. The Rangers and the Devils will play Game 7 in New Jersey tonight. And, and like you said, the Kraken, the Kraken beats Colorado, the defending champs. And uh, had they ever – how long has Kraken been in the league? That was their first series win. And they've been in the league two or three years? I think second season, maybe second. third. Okay. With that, so uh, as uh, ice hockey uh, moves on in their playoffs, uh, I wanted to get that in in the meantime. So uh, elsewhere, um, just uh, unbelievable uh, <laughs> that the NBA, we'll, t- we'll talk about that in our next segment. But uh, just quickly in Major League Baseball, the cards, my cards just can't find a way to win. Pitching is the issue. Uh, the Cubs drop a tight one uh, yesterday. Three games. Three, three tight three. games. One oh, game. Oh, wow. And, and they showed a, a stat. Uh, Miami's 10-0 and 0 now in one-run games. Really? Yeah. That's that's pretty. Uh, Cubs couldn't hold a lead when they would get it. Uh, a lot of back and forth. And uh, with that, of course, the Cubs had come off a big series uh, against the Dodgers. If my Well, they had lost three out of four to the Dodgers, took two or three from San Diego in the middle uh, of those two weekend series, and then you know, they, they were in every game, uh, but just couldn't find a way. Although Saturday was frustrating, they had a guy out there I'd never seen before pitching, a guy named Killian, and he was a dog, and they left him in there way too long. Man, I, I, and then the Cubs came back, uh, fought back hard just to fall a run short, but uh, that. Uh, starting pitcher needed to go, and I'm not sure why they left him out there. If they just wanted to get him some work, uh, I have no idea. Anyway, uh, with that, so uh, baseball got our still have two teams in the state playoffs. Both play this Friday. One needs to win two out of three. The other just a one game uh, in that regard. So uh, with that, the NHL, uh, as we see that the Boston Bruins, who set all kind of records this year as a team, go down in the first round. Uh, to the uh, Florida Panthers uh, in four games to three, and, ha- and Boston had a three-to-one lead. Just, uh, just unbelievable with that. Also, locally, uh, Kayshawn Booty picked in the sixth round by the uh, Patriots and uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, so hopefully Kayshawn could have a, a nice career and all in that regard. So uh, with that, uh, we're just ready to head into uh, – our second segment of uh, Bayou Sports, uh, high school baseball still on the agenda. We'll come back with some NBA action. Uh, we'll go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back after this. 
New Iberia, we have wonderful news. Spadali's Florist of Lafayette is now offering same-day delivery to New Iberia and the surrounding areas. Family-owned and trusted, local name for almost 40 years, Spadali's has extended to a new state-of-the-art facility off Highway 90 in South Broussard, just minutes away from New Iberia. When you need beautiful flowers delivered, call on Spadali's, Acadiana's regional florist at 337-233-4404 or spadali's.com, S-P-E-D-A-L-E-S. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadow. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Larry Miller from your locally owned and operated McDonald's. We've added some sweet treats to the menu, and they're available all day long. We're introducing three new items, cinnamon rolls, apple fritters, and blueberry muffins. Pair them with a cup of fresh hot coffee, maybe a mocha frappe, or even one of our espresso drinks, and you are good to go. McDonald's and Bakery, I'm loving it. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday as uh, we're underway here with uh, a lot going on today in sporting. In the first uh, segment, we talked about our local high school baseball teams advancing uh, one one losing and two moving on. So uh, with that, also uh, I talked about locally uh, Kayshawn Booty being picked in the uh, draft in the sixth round by the uh, New England Patriots. And uh, with that, so uh, anyway, we'll see uh, how things fire up. But uh, yesterday, uh, NBA action uh, as the uh, Miami Heat uh, put a little heat on the Knicks up in New York. As uh, the Knicks jumped out on top of them early in the match in the first quarter, 32-21. He'd come back with a six-point lead in the second quarter uh, down at uh, halftime by the score of 55-50. to And they're exploding the third quarter to go up uh, by um, 11 points in that quarter, uh, six in the uh, game. And then they uh, outscore the Knicks, who uh, are in the playoffs and uh, trying to win that first match. And uh, records perceive that uh, losing that first match uh, in the best of seven uh, doesn't stand well with them. But in the meantime... Our own uh, Louisiana at um, Rivers, uh, R- Riverside uh, uh, alum, uh, Jimmy Butler, goes off with 25 points. He's 8 out of 16 
from the uh, field, uh, 9 out of 11 from the free throw line. And, of course, uh, Butler sprains his ankle, uh, I think, uh, later mm. on. And uh, late in the third, early in the fourth quarter, doesn't score after them, but uh, the uh, Heat hold on to beat the Knicks 108 to 101 in uh, playoff action. So uh, with that, we'll see. Don't know the uh, injury status of uh, Butler, but uh, what a fine player. Saw him play in high school. He was a man against boys, I can assure you. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, Golden State, uh, the defending champs, uh, knock off Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento at one time had a 2-0 lead on them, or 1-1 lead, 1-1 tie, and then uh, went to a lead. But Golden State found a way to win, and Sacramento's home floor yesterday uh, Steph, Steph Curry found boy, a way to win. Off. He went off yesterday, and he's playing like that. Yeah, he just he makes shots that are just uncanny. His ability to score and not just jump shots, but underhanded scoops, layups, uh, just a. And they played a little grittier. Yes, you, you you think of them as more of an art artisan type of team, and have won games because of their artistry. They got a little gritty yesterday, which was kind of fun to see. Yeah, and with that, uh, of all people to lead them in assists, Draymond Green <laughs> leads uh, the Warriors in assists. And uh, <laughs> they has eight assists, only eight points in the game, six rebounds uh, with that. But uh, he had four personal fouls during the course of the game. But Thompson uh, with the 16 points but when and also Wiggins with 17 but when Steph Curry goes off with 50 in 37 minutes of play, that's impressive when you're scoring almost one and a half points per minute in an NBA game. And uh, they they hold up, went on the home floor. They'll advance uh, as they beat uh, Sacramento 120 to uh, 100. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Saturday, uh, uh, Denver jumps all over Phoenix 125 to 107. So with that series, uh, I believe that was the first game uh, underway. And uh, with that, uh, just uh, Denver just uh, went off on them, uh, 30, 34 points from Murray and uh, also 24 from Jokic and uh, Garden had 23 So uh, with that. So NBA action, of course, uh, games uh, later on, uh, I think we'll have a, a couple of games today, Philadelphia. Travels to Boston. That that series is going to be interesting. As the 76ers, uh, I think, beat Boston the last time these two played. And I, I think Philadelphia might even hold the series uh, over this year over Boston. Meanwhile, it'll be the second game of uh, Phoenix and Denver. That would be the late game at 9 p.m. Uh, Philadelphia and Boston uh, tip off at 6.30. And as I mentioned, should be interesting in those games. Boston's though, a 10-point pick. And that game's going to be on TNT tonight for, for the TD Garden. Uh, it's still a Boston Garden to me, even though it's the second one. Elsewhere uh, in the uh, late game, Phoenix at Denver. Uh, Denver's a four-and-a-half-point pick on that game, and that game is also going to be on TNT later on tonight. So uh, a lot of things happening in the NBA action, and uh, with that. I tell you, NBA fans are salivating over the LeBron-Steph uh, Curry matchup. Oh, yes. That uh, kicks off tomorrow <laughs> Night. That's right. That will kick off tomorrow night. And uh, and uh, with that action, uh, of course, Miami and New York, as I mentioned, will be the uh, first game. And the Lakers will travel to Golden State. Uh, uh, Golden State's a four-point pick in this game. TNT's going to carry it. It'll be the late game at approximately 9 o'clock, given uh, 
uh, with the first game hopefully uh, ending relatively on time after about two hours and 15 minutes. In the meantime, uh, you're right, uh, a lot of uh, NBA fans uh, looking forward to this matchup with LeBron, 38-year-old LeBron James against, uh, and you know, Seth Curry's not any rookie, but he's in his early 30s, you know, so... uh, He's still, I personally think, the best pure shooter I've ever seen uh, in the NBA uh, from outside uh, 15 feet anyway. In the meantime, so some big matchups there for you uh, basketball NBA fans in that regard. So uh, uh, heading down to uh, the finals. Meanwhile, um, and uh, just quickly going over some uh, some Major League Baseball scores uh with that yesterday, of course, the Dodgers take three from our Redbirds, 6-3. to three. Cubs uh, lose to Miami, 4-3 to three yesterday. Boston over Cleveland, 7-1. to one. Washington uh, defeats the Pirates. They're playing pretty well right now. As an old Pirate fan called me uh, last week, just kind of rubbing the salt in the wound because the Pirates are way on top. I think they're 10 games ahead of the Cardinals right now. Still early in the year, though. Elsewhere, in the meantime, uh, another action uh, – uh, Baltimore beats Detroit. Uh, the White Sox come back to take down Tampa Bay, 12-9. to Angels over Milwaukee, 3-0. Minnesota downs Kansas City, 8-4. to The Yankees get shellacked uh, down in, uh, I should say, down in Texas, 15-2. to They did get some decent news, though. All right. A judge. Um, uh, Not must, as hurt as they. Yeah, a strain, a hip strain. Okay. So uh, that that was actually Good news. Yes, that's for them. Was. Yeah, that's and the day wasn't so hot. But in the meantime, uh, Colorado uh, downs Arizona twelve to four. Uh, a game on uh, TV yesterday. Uh, the San Diego down the Giants six to four. Did you, did you see any of it? I watched a little bit of it. it was the in Padres were, City. Yeah, the Padres were down too, if my memory serves me right. Early in the game, as I was watching it, and uh, Padres come back to win. How the facility look? Okay. Did, 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 I mean, yeah, they, they had to be showing it. Uh, yeah, they did, uh, but it was okay. Didn't didn't sit down and watch it. Was glancing at it here and there. I was doing some chores around the house. In the meantime, uh, uh, Houston over Philadelphia, four to three. Of course, Atlanta at New York was postponed. So, uh, 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 today uh, on the road, uh, Atlanta's uh, uh, will stay in New York. I guess that, I don't know if that's the makeup game. I'm, but yeah, they're playing a doubleheader today. They, they got rained out Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so this is an off day, but uh, I guess I'll stay up in New York to uh, play these games. Fortuitous that both teams uh, were off. Okay. Anyway, that yeah, that's usually unusual too. Anywhere, Cleveland uh, will be at uh, the Yankees in uh, Yankee Stadium. The Cubs travel to Washington to uh, D.C. Toronto at Boston, San Francisco at uh, Houston, and Cincinnati to San Diego. Philadelphia now entertains uh, the Dodgers. They will be there for the late game uh, that night. So, uh, Major League Baseball in the air, and as you mentioned. Uh, uh, some of the news around looks like uh, Kolya Strzemski's uh, grandson's got a hamstring. It's likely going to be on the IR. And uh, with that, uh, just looking at other quick news, uh, Rangers ace DeGrom frustrated to land on the IL. You know, they, they, they paid him big bucks to mm-hmm. pitch for them this year coming from New York. And uh, we'll see. Anyway, also a little sad news, too, today. Uh, uh, with that, uh, over the weekend, Mike Shannon. Yeah, I just saw it for the first time this morning. Yeah, the Cardinals broadcaster for almost 50 years. Uh, can tell you, can't tell you how many times I've listened to his voice on KMOX. Mm-hmm. 
here. Once the Likewise. sun goes down, uh, uh, when I was a kid, uh, you could listen to the Cardinals broadcaster at that time, uh, along with Jack Buck and uh, Mike Shannon. Mike Shannon, a, a tremendous, uh, came up with the Cardinals. It was a quarterback in high school, signed mm. with Missouri, and the Cardinals threw some money at him, and he decided to play pro baseball and came into St. Louis. His full-time was in uh, 62 when Musial was in his second or last year, and uh, Shannon was a right fielder. Earned the starting job in uh, 64 as the Cardinals went on to win the pennant. Hit a big home run off Whitey Ford in the first game of the 64 World Series and said, you can't make up those type dreams. They, they just happen, and uh, – Courts went on to beat the Yanks in seven games in 64. And uh, he developed, uh, or the Cardinals picked up Roger Maris in 67 from the Yankees. And Shannon, uh, Red Shandies, the coach of the Cards, had to move Shannon from right field to third base. And they said Shandies used to hit ground balls to him uh, to make plays and all. And uh, Shannon did a pretty good job at third base with Maris in the outfield, stayed there. And then in the 69-70 season, contacted some kind of uh, kidney disease, and the doctors told him it was time maybe to hang it up, didn't want to, and uh, found the broadcast booth. Yeah, and, and he and Jack Buck were a great team. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Cubs played a lot of day games in those days, and I'm hustling pizzas at night uh, in the 80s, and I listen to those guys uh, a lot, and very entertaining duo. Oh, yeah, Mike Shannon, kind of... A soft wit about him, a dry wit about him, but uh, just a great announcer. I'd met him once, too, in Atlanta when I journeyed to watch the Cardinals uh, play the uh, Braves uh, back in the old Fulton County Stadium. And Mike Ch- big man, too, 6'3 or so, probably about 220. He in his man. restaurant a couple of times. That's right, up in St. Louis, right near the ballpark. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I've, I've been there, too, and uh, with that, uh, Mike Shannon, but uh, passing away. And I was it's telling one of those restaurants uh, when these athletes are – in the case, I say Harry Carey, uh, great memorabilia in yes. those kind of places. Yes. If nothing else, you go there almost uh, as a museum kind of trip. I think up in St. Louis, I think that was uh, something that, because I know that Ozzie Smith had a restaurant along with uh, uh, Mike Shannon. Stan Musial even had a restaurant at one time. So uh, I'm surprised Joe Gashio and people like that didn't have restaurants up in St. Louis taking advantage of their name recognition. Jim Hart. Yes. At a restaurant. I, I That's think right. The old quarterback for the cards. I was in St. Louis for the 85 series. We didn't get a ticket, uh, but we, we watched some of it from that one outfield gate you could see through. Yes. Uh, at, at the previous Bush Stadium, not the original Bush Stadium. Yeah, Bush 2. Yeah. And uh, went to Jim Hart's restaurant, ran into Lee McPhail and Reggie Jackson. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jackson was broadcasting, and Lee McPhail was the president of the American League at the time. Oh, wow. Anyway, in the, in the meantime, Mike Shannon uh, and won numerous awards for his broadcasting ability. Uh, stopped going to road games, oh, two or three, four years ago and did just the uh, – just the uh, local uh, local Cardinal games and uh, just uh, didn't know he was sick, but knew he was in, in not he was in good health. Yeah, 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 he had to be – Shannon had to be 83. 82, I think. I yeah, saw so 83 if he'd have lived. It would have been 83 this year sometime. In the meantime, so uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap that up here in the next segment and bring on Bob Rose and uh, get his thoughts with regard to the Saints draft uh, for the next 15 minutes or so. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose, Sports Illustrated, the beat writer for the Saints, right after this. 
Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. It's Crawford fish season and Tash area diners have been pinching tails at Jane's Seafood for over 30 years. The Daily Iberian's Best of Tesh recognizes Jane's Seafood and Chinese Restaurant in several best of categories. Best boiled seafood, best portions and waitstaff, best po'boys and gumbo. Dine in, order out or call in for takeout. Try the local favorite, char-grilled oysters. Visit janesseafood.com and experience the best of seafood and Chinese. Jane Seafood on Jane Street in New Iberia. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on May 1st, uh, Big Monday. And on the line with us is uh, Sports Illustrated beat writer for the New Orleans Saints, Bob Rose. Bob, good morning and welcome uh, to the show. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me and happy, uh, ha- happy May 1st. Yes, it is. May Day. May Day. I told Jeff in the broadcast, I think of May Day. Like a Tom Malone. Cheers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's May Day. Anyway, Bob, uh, the Saints had a, a draft. Uh, of course, they uh, did a little. We were all surprised they didn't try to move up. I think they made mention they tried to move up in the draft, but they couldn't find any suitors to uh, work with them on that. But in the meantime, uh, they drafted a young man out of Clemson, uh, Breesey. And uh, your thoughts uh, on uh, the Saints draft and uh, the players that they uh, brought in? Uh, boy, I tell you, I I personally love this draft. Uh, I, I watch film on uh, on all the players that that they selected, and I, as far as trading up, yeah, I have no doubt that Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis probably burned up the phone lines because that's just what this franchise does. Uh, but they had to be happy and feel like that the draft board fell exactly the way they wanted. Uh, you know, run on quarterbacks, run on offensive tackles early on, push those uh, you know, defensive linemen down the board. And most of us felt that that's where the, the direction that the Saints were going to go. Uh, you know, not only with their first-round pick, I felt that's the direction that they were going to go with at least two of their first three selections. And that's exactly the way it turned out. 
uh, you know, uh, you know, Bar- Barisi has had some, uh, you know, injury issues, uh, some, you know, uh, tragedy in his personal life. Uh, but man, that, you know, that, that, that kid can play. And, you know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he, he's going to fight for an instant starting job. Um, then you turn around in the second round and they get you know, Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end from Notre Dame. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch his tape. When I did, he reminds me of a pretty good player named Cam Jordan and the way Cam played coming out of Cal uh, you know, over a decade ago. Uh, you know, Foskey plays, you know, plays very, very well against the pass, a natural pass rusher. Um, but yeah, but it plays with a lot of muscle and effort against the run game too. So I think he's going to be a factor in the edge rotation. Uh, you know, they grabbed, uh, you know, they, they they grabbed needs at all three of their first round, uh, all three of their uh, selections through day one and day two, grabbing Kendra Miller, uh, the running back from TCU in the in the third round. Uh, you know, this kid's just 20 years old and he's coming off a 1,300 yard season with 15 touchdowns. Um, I think, especially with Alvin Kamara eyeing up that you know lengthy suspension that we all uh, expect is going to happen, uh, you know Miller is going to uh, be a factor in the offensive backfield. Uh, you know Nick Saldiveri, the offensive lineman from Old Dominion, who they traded up to get, uh, he uh, he projects to guard, in my opinion, even though he played mostly right tackle for Old Dominion. Uh, and you know when the Saints, uh, since the Saints are facing uh, Andres Pete on an expiring contract this year, possibly Cesar Ruiz on an expiring contract if they don't pick up his fifth-year option, uh, you know, in the next 24 hours, uh, you know, Salterberry is in line to be a potential starter in 2024 and beyond. And yet you have to like, yeah, the Saints might not have been able to trade up in the first round, uh, but they were aggressive throughout all of day three. Uh, you know, they traded up to get three of their first, uh, three of their four selections. Uh, you know, and again, all of them, when you're talking about day three picks, teams don't draft players on, you know, in the later rounds to fill needs. They're looking at their draft board, looking who's the best available, uh, you know, who's a developmental project, who has traits that fit our schemes, be it offensively or defensively very well. Uh, you know, and it's hard to sit here and say that they hit home runs with late round picks, but certainly the Saints are one of the uh, NFL's better teams at finding talent in the late rounds and undrafted rookies. Uh, you know, and on paper, uh, based off of, you know, the film that I've seen on the players that they selected throughout all the rounds, I got I, I got to believe that Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis are, are extremely happy with the results of this draft. Your your thoughts on uh, the quarterback they took uh, uh, with Jake? Uh, is it Harner? Uh, Hayner? That uh, they Hayner. took uh, from where Fresno State? I think yes. the same college as uh, Derek Carr is from. Mentor to him too, I guess. Yeah, Bob. Your uh, thoughts I, on that? Yeah, he's the same college as Derek Carr is from. Uh, grew up not only a Saints fan, uh, you know, but a Drew Brees fan in particular. And when you look at Hayner, he reminds you a little, the way he plays. He reminds you a little bit of uh, you know, of old number nine. He's an extremely accurate th- uh, passer. Uh, you know, his, his, he shows great anticipation with his throws. Uh, you know, on receivers' breaks, terrific on pre-snap reads and adjustments. Uh, you know, obviously he'll have to adjust to the speed of the NFL game for that. Uh, you know, uh, good enough mobility to a slide away from pressure. Uh, very patiently works through his progressions. 
And in my opinion, he has you know, potentially elite mechanics and release. So you know, there's no there's no real flaws. Uh, you know, and, and his setup and release, uh, you know, the Pete Carmichael and those other offensive coaches are going to have to work through. Obviously, again, you're not, ta- you know, you're not talking about a high draft pick here, a fourth rounder, uh, but one that they liked well enough to trade picks to move up to get. Um, and Derek Carr is going to be your starter, obviously, for the next couple of seasons. You know, the Saints paid a lot of money for that to happen. Uh, but you never know what can happen other than that. Uh, you know, everybody knows about Brock Purdy and his success as a seventh round pick last year, and same with Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, you know, a few decades ago. But even guys like Dak Prescott, uh, you know, was a fourth round pick. So you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, at the very least, with Jameis Winston, uh, you know, on the last year of his contract, if Hayner develops well enough, uh, where the Saints feel next year and beyond that Hayner can be a, you know, a competent backup to Derek Carr, then that's uh, that's a uh, you know a, a lot of money that you're able to save off of your salary cap from bringing in a, a higher priced veteran. You know, Bob, the the other draft choice that the Saints garnered uh, that interests me that I didn't know if he had maybe an injury or just uh, had some issues off the field was the big wide receiver in the seventh round, A.T. Perry, out of Wake uh, Wake Forest. He's 6'3", 195 pounds, and he fell through the draft. They were talking about him being a higher selection, and and with that – and. He's one of those players that uh, was always catching the ball and uh, putting up big yardage. Uh, I think he mm-hmm. set Wake Forest's records for season season touchdown grabs at 15. So uh, this is a big, tall receiver. Uh, the Saints, you know, had a lot of water bugs in the last few years. You know, Alave's not that big of a guy, maybe six foot, 195 pounds. But this kid's 6'3", 195. And uh, they can put some weight on him. He could probably play at 210 uh, over the coming years, too. Your thoughts on – and then he slipped uh, to the seventh round. Uh, what's up with that? Uh, yeah, A.T. A- a- Perry, I won't lie. A.T. Perry was one of my favorite receivers that I watched uh, you know, in-, in this draft outside of the first-round locks. And I actually had him in my second mock draft. I had the Saints selecting him with a third-round pick, uh, which, like you said, was you know, around where he was projected to go. Uh, you know, Now, A.T., uh, after the Saints traded up and, you know, and drafted him, AT talked about you know, that he was told that there were some you know, personal concerns. His quote: uh, "Personal concerns that were relayed to him as to why he fell. Yet he doesn't know what they are. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was a team leader for Wake Forest, uh, you know, four year contributor. Uh, you know, like and like you said, the, you know, the, the last two years combined, over 150 uh, catches." Uh, you know, about uh, about 2,400 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, you know, his, his frame. He's a lanky kid. Goes about you know six four and a little bit shy of 200. But like you said, he could he could add 10, 12, 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, you know, without sacrificing much of his athleticism. He runs a sub four five forty. Uh, real good 10 yard split. So that shows you that he has a lot of quickness. Uh, he gets. He's a long strider that will eat up the cushions of uh, opposing cornerbacks very, very quickly, uh, but also uses his body as a shield, uh, you know, to to block off those defenders from making plays on the on the pass uh, and battles press coverage. Has great leaping ability, uh, you know, which uh, which extends uh, an already formidable catch radius, uh, you know, and great ball skills. Used to a high volume of targets at Wake, uh, you know, against. You know, double team coverage and bracketed coverage. 
And you know, most importantly, and this is why I thought the Saints would eye him up in day two. Uh, you know, he is a bigger receiver that works the middle of the field. Uh, you know, and even though he could add muscle, he plays physical. So, you know, who else does that remind you of? Some guy named Michael Thomas who's missed a lot of time in the last three years with injury. Uh, you know, so maybe if Michael Thomas is sidelined for a period again, uh, you know, the Saints have that bigger receiver that they, they can now go to, at least in theory. Uh, you know, again, you don't want to count on a sixth or seventh round pick uh, you know, to do anything significant. Uh, but you, know, you look at A.T. Perry's playing style, and it reminds you of a seventh round pick by the New Orleans Saints back in two, uh, you know, 2006. Uh, you know, my, uh, a guy named Marcus Colston, who had a pretty darn career, good career for the Saints. I'm not saying A.T. Perry is going to be the next Marcus Colston, but he possesses a lot of those traits as a receiver and, frankly, is probably a little bit better athletically than Colston was. Yeah, Colston kind of ran, ran like a gazelle, had that loping stride with him. Of course, uh, with Perry at uh, 6'3", 6'4", 195, 200 pounds, uh, Saints have an opportunity uh, to get another big receiver. And correct me if I'm wrong, did uh, Michael Thomas ever run a 4-5? Uh, he just seems like a big possession receiver uh, for the Saints. And, uh, and he never showed really a lot of big-time speed, but uh, he's, he's got Velcro hands, that's for sure. He didn't drop too many balls coming his way from Drew Brees when he set the NFL record for catches in a season back in, uh, what was it, 19, I do believe. So uh, mm-hmm. Saints uh, needed some more wideouts. You, you, you know as well as I do if you'd watch the Saints the last two or three years, a lot of drop passes, uh, especially on the numbers, and hopefully uh, this young man could bring the Saints uh, maybe some more uh, Velcro hands like Thomas along with Alave to add a little more uh, room to the receiving core for the Saints. So uh, your overall thoughts uh, on the draft, too, uh, uh, Bob, uh, even though you'd mentioned some of that. But, uh, uh, of course, the unrestricted free agents the Saints signed, I think they're up to 11 or 12 now uh, with Mm -hmm. some local names in there, too. So uh, hopefully they can uh, build on that. So uh, just your overall thoughts uh, here in the last part of our segment here. Uh, again, I, I've got to believe, uh, you know, that Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis absolutely loved how this draft played out for them. Um, you know, I, I, I expect Baris and Foskey to contend for immediate starting jobs. Uh, you know, if not, certainly a, uh, a big part of the defensive line rotation. Uh, you know, Salty Very, we've seen the Saints have a lot of success with smaller school offensive linemen before. Uh, a lot of success with them, uh, you know. So hopefully Nick, uh, you know, falls in that same category, especially since there are all kinds of you know questions with the Saints' interior line, offensive line, uh, you know, going forward. I realize a lot of people had a little a little bit of concern that the Saints picked a quarterback after you know, they drafted a quarterback after signing Derek Carr. But again, this is for developmental purposes, uh, you know. So I understand the logic behind it. Uh, you know, and then they got absolutely great value, uh, you know, in, in, in A.T. Perry, uh, you know, and Howden, the safety from Minnesota that we didn't talk about either. He has a style of play, uh, you know, that the Saints were, are going to be able to utilize the way they utilize P.J. Williams. So I, I don't like to give draft grades out, uh, you know, because we haven't even seen these players take an NFL field yet. Uh, but you know, every single one of them filled a lot of logical needs for these New Orleans Saints. And like I said, you know, and 
in my pre-draft process and scouting them, I liked them all. I thought they got great value. Uh, you know, they didn't have to give up any future assets to get any of their top three picks and were extremely aggressive, as the Saints always are, you know, throughout all of day three. Uh, you know, to, to bolster their depth chart. I mean, yeah, I, I, I love this team's draft. Yeah, I, I think historically it's three, four years down the road before you can really put uh, a value on a draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, especially your first, you know, first round, first you know, couple of rounds uh, of selections, you need them to be immediate contributors. But like you said, you're there, you're, you don't really know, uh, you know, until year two or year three with a lot of these guys, uh, you know, about what kind of long-term pros that they could be. Uh, you know, and and uh, yeah, especially with the quarterback like Kaner, he, you know, he's not going to see the field unless something really crazy happens uh, you know, in, in his first two years. Uh, you know, Saul Duvary, we talked about being a backup uh, you know, to Pete and Ruiz. Uh, you know, I may be Hurst if they move him inside. So we're not going to see much of him for, you know, for his rookie year. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, for, for Dennis Allen to have a successful second year in New Orleans, at the very least, he's going to need Foskey and Baris to be immediate uh, you know, impact players for, the, for his defense. Yeah, Bob, with that, uh, we want to appreciate it. Uh, some things, uh, what happened to perk up over the next oh, 60, 90 days with regards to the Saints, of course, the season open up, opens up uh, in uh, early September, and uh, we'd like to have you on like uh, we have over the past uh, year to have you on on Monday mornings to give you thoughts with regards to the Saints uh, games and et cetera. So uh, but we appreciate you coming on here on a Monday morning uh, to take time to speak with us about the Saints and, uh, and their draft. So uh, with that, uh, Bob, uh, appreciate all that you do for us. And, and again, remind oh, I, us uh, where we can find your work. Oh, I appreciate you, uh, yeah, both you guys. Uh, you, you've been so great for me, uh, and it would be my absolute pleasure to join you during the regular season. Uh, yeah, to, to kick off NFL Fans Week, uh, week in style. Uh, but in the meantime, through the off season, folks, you can follow me. I'm on Facebook, Bob Rose. I'm over on Twitter at Bobby R twenty six thirteen. Tune into our weekly show, The Bayou Blitz. Uh, it is uh, we come on live at eight p.m. Central Time. On Wednesday evenings, although we're, we are going to take the week off this week, uh, but otherwise we, we go on every week. Uh, and you know, we, we, we try to bring on a lot of good guests to try to entertain and educate at the same time. Uh, you know, and if you tuned in for our Bayou Blitz uh, you know, draft coverage, we, you know, Brendan Boylan, my co-host, and I, we, uh, we, we had 14 hours of coverage over the three days. So, uh, you know, so I think we deserve the week off this week. Uh, but you know, after this week, make sure you tune in to the Bayou Blitz podcast. You can find it on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and also Twitter. Very good. Bob, always a pleasure, and we'll look forward to the next time. For sure. Can't wait. You guys take care. All right. Thank you, Bob. Anyway, with uh, that, Jeff, we need to go ahead and take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with a little bit more along with today in sports history. That's on May 1st. Uh, you listen to Kane Radio, FM 1075, AM 1240. We'll be right back. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. New Iberia, we have wonderful news. Spadali's Florist of Lafayette is now offering same-day delivery to New Iberia and the surrounding areas. Family-owned and trusted, local name for almost 40 years, Spadali's has extended to a new state-of-the-art facility off Highway 90 in South Broussard, just minutes away from New Iberia. When you need beautiful flowers delivered, call on Spadali's Acadiana's Regional Florist at 337-233-4404 or spadali's.com, S-P-E-D-A-L-E-S. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Attention high school sports fans. Are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, May 1st. Uh, as uh, You know, we talked about the draft with the Saints, but what's also very important is that the Saints uh, yesterday announced 11 more rookies uh, to their roster as uh, they added, uh, and that's un, uh, the undrafted players that uh, the Saints announced a signing Sunday, and the group includes uh, a kid that I saw play uh, for the last three years, a linebacker, uh, Nick Anderson, who played in uh, approximately 50 games for Tulane, had 275 tackles, 27 for loss, 10.5 sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a block kick, and finished his college career uh, with that. So uh, he's a player to keep an eye on. I'm telling you, special teams, he's a, he was a 4-0 kid at Tulane in his grades and uh, runs a legit a little under four five forty, uh, just a tremendous athlete. Uh, I look for him to make the team on special teams and all. Also, the Saints signed Texas Tech running back Sir Roderick Thompson Jr., Illinois offensive lineman uh, Alex uh, uh, Philstrom, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff offensive line Mark Eck. Evans II, Central Michigan tight end Joel Wilson, Miami punter Lou Headley, Louisville uh, defensive back Anthony Johnson, Vanderbilt linebacker Anthony Orgi, uh South Carolina state wide receiver Shaq Davis, Notre Dame kicker Blake Groupie, uh, and Davenport wide receiver uh, Shy Bennett. So, uh, you know, the Saints historically have uh, done pretty well with free agent signings. Uh, one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is uh, Tuttle, 
who ended up uh, leaving the Saints this past year, but he was an uh, undrafted uh, free agent. So uh, a lot goes into that. Uh, Saints got opportunities there in that regard. So uh, uh, don't be surprised if they sign some more. Uh, that's just their initial uh, signings of unrestricted free agents. And, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Saints have done well with uh, undrafted free agents over the years and have uh, uh, played well for the Saints. So uh, we'll see how that all falls into play. Uh, again, thank Bob Rose for coming on and getting his thoughts today. Anyway, meanwhile, today in sports history, May 1st, in 1884, catcher Moses Walker is acknowledged as the first African-American to play Major League Baseball joining the Toledo Blue Hens, don't, or Toledo Blue Stockings, the hens of the minor league affiliate up in Ohio. Mud hens. Yeah, the Mud Hens. Yes. Didn't uh, Jamie Farwin. Exactly. Uh, That's match. why we know. <laughs> That's, you're right about that. Anyway, on this date in 1891, legendary pitcher Cy Young wins his first game at Cleveland Park. Of course, Cy Young went on to win 511 games. He also lost over 300 games, too, as he probably threw 200 pitches in a game back then. Elsewhere on this date, 1920, legendary slugger Babe Ruth records his first homer for the Yankees in a 6-0 win over his former club of all people, the Red Sox. Elsewhere uh, on this date, 1920, the longest major league game by innings, the Brooklyn Robins. That was before the trolley Dodgers and, uh, of course, the Dodgers tie the Boston Braves 1-1. They went 26 innings. Uh, they never finished it. Uh, ended up tied. 1925, future Hall of Famer Jimmy Fox. Of course, Tom Hanks played his role kind of in a league of their own. Makes his major league debut as a catcher. Uh, at 17 years old for the Philadelphia A's, a pinch hit single and a 9-4 to loss uh, against Washington. Of course, uh, Fox ended up being uh, a first baseman, third baseman throughout his career. Elsewhere on this date, 1926 Baseball Hall of Famer Satchel Page makes his uh, debut with the Negro Southern League for Chattanooga. He was 19 years old. Elsewhere on this date, 1940, the Summer Olympics schedule for Helsinki canceled, of course, uh, the finish uh, got out of the uh, Olympic Committee. Uh, the Second World War was taking place, and uh, that wasn't going to happen. Elsewhere in this date, the 69th Kentucky Derby, Johnny Logden wins his heavy favorite, Count Fleet, in a streetcar derby. Uh, of course, Count Fleet won the Triple Crown that year. Elsewhere on this date, 1948, uh, Eddie O'Carroll wins aboard Citation, another Triple Crown winner to become the first four-time derby-winning jockey in the last uh, Triple Crown winner until Secretary 1973. Also on this date, 1951, future Hall of Famer Mickey Mantle hits his first career home run in an 8-3 win over the White Sox in Chicago, also debuting that day, and he homered Minnie Minoso mm. uh, came in, uh, in the, for the Sox. Uh, elsewhere on this date in 1969, Houston Astros hurler Don Wilson blanks the Reds 4 nothing for his second career no-hitter at the old Crosley Field in Cincinnati. Of course, uh, uh, Don Wilson was born in Monroe. Anyway, he passed away at 29, too. He asphyxiated himself a few years later. Just a tragic end to his uh, life. Also in this date, 1982, our hometown favorite, Eddie Delahousie, wins aboard Gata de Sol in the first of consecutive derby wins of Eddie. He won the following year on Sonny's Halo in 83. Elsewhere on this date, 1991, Texas Rangers starter Nolan Ryan pitches a major league record seventh no-hitter as he beats Toronto 3 nothing, and at 44 years of age is the oldest to throw a no-hitter. Also in this date in 2004, outfielder Barry Bonds sets a major league record for being intentionally walked 
uh, four times in a nine-inning game during a 6-3 to three defeat of Florida. I remember they walked Barry Bonds when the bases were loaded uh, in one game <laughs> instead of pitching to him anyway in the 2004 season. Also in this date in 2010, Kentucky Derby winner, Calvin Borrell from Catahoula wins aboard Super Savior, his third derby success in four years, and they didn't call him Borrell for nothing. He hung on the rail as long as he could, too. Elsewhere in this day to you Cajun fans, you're probably a name that uh, most Cajun fans don't remember, but uh, born on this date in 1905 was Chris Red Daigle, who was a Hall of Fame running back with the Cajuns back in the early 20s, 22-3-4, then played out his three years at UL, went to the West Point that the Army at the academy and played another three years up there anyway he also played major league baseball with the giants and the brooklyn dodgers i've got two recordings of his birth one in maryville or one in deritter and of course he passed away in 1942 he was one heck of an athlete too for the cajuns and at army a consensus all-american how he played for six years back then probably nobody checked the records i'm not sure anyway in 1925 born on this day chuck begnerick the last of the 60-minute men in professional uh, football. Of course, that famous photo of him uh, as he knocked out Frank Gifford in a game back in 59. Mm-hmm. I think Gifford had to sit out a season because of that uh, head injury. Elsewhere in this date, deaths on this date, and this is just amazing. Uh, dying in this date in 1987 was Bobo Holman, who was a pitcher in his major league debut. He threw a no-hitter. Of course, the St. Louis Brown fans were thinking he'd win 30 games. Anyway, Bobo Holman passed away, died of a heart attack at a young age of 64, but never did really much after that pitching a no-hitter in his initial day here in the major leagues. Quote of the day, Casey Stingle. He says, the only thing worse than a Mets game is a Mets doubleheader. <laughs> <laughs> Hell case. Uh, the man who made up Stingleese. Anyway, Jeff, that's today in sports history, May 1st, uh, in that regard. Big thanks again to Bob Rose uh, talking Saints draft with us. And we thank our sponsors. We've got a new one, uh, Spedale's uh, Florists. Appreciate them. Coming on, L.A. Classic Roofing. Cane Road Golf and Turf Club, uh, yeah, Schwing Insurance Agency. Again, we appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.